I thought that we were moving on from this. I thought things were starting to get better. Lately, we haven't, or at least I haven't, been seeing as many stories about biological dudes infiltrating women's sports. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I haven't been paying enough attention. Or maybe the mainstream media is conveniently ignoring these stories because of all the backlash and outrage that's happened over the last couple of years. Several years ago, we were one of the first channels to start talking about Leah Thomas. I can't remember exactly how I found out about Leah Thomas. I think a viewer of the channel who was living in the Pennsylvania area sent me a local story about it. Either way, though, we covered Leah Thomas from that November all the way through the NCAA championships that March. At the time, Leah Thomas almost felt like a test, felt like deacons at Woke United Methodist were testing the boundaries to see how far society would let them go. Riley Gaines, she had her spot at the NCAA championships taken by Leah Thomas. Riley Gaines was a competitive swimmer her entire life. And because Will Thomas decided to become Leah Thomas, all those years of hard work and dedication from Riley Gaines evaporated because the NCAA outright refused to do the right thing. Back then, I told you guys that Leah Thomas was only the beginning. If the Deacons could get away with it in swimming, it would filter down to other sports until it eventually reached the high school level, where it's no longer affecting young adults, it is now affecting children. We saw a few cases of this at the beginning of last summer. I think it was out in California where a kid decided to identify as female and won the state championships in track and field or something like that. You guys remember Laurel Hubbard? The Olympic power lifter who, for 35 years, went by the name Gavin Hubbard. At the age of 35, Gavin decides to become Laurel and compete against females in powerlifting at the Olympics. But for the most part, at least to my knowledge anyway, young men identifying as young women, they have mostly been involved in non-contact sports. Swimming, weightlifting, dancing. Who knows how many opportunities have been taken from young women by the dancing queen Jackie Mahomes. I mean, the NFL, they could put young women on the sideline and have them do a foo-foo dance routine. Instead, they decide to give that opportunity to Jackie. <laughs> Now, though, it appears that young women are having opportunities taken from them in contact sports. And not only are opportunities being taken, young women, they are also getting seriously injured. The MIAA, it is the athletic governing body for public schools, or maybe all schools in the state of Massachusetts. According to their handbook, a student shall not be excluded from participation on a gender-specific sports team that is consistent with the student's bona fide gender identity. Excluded? Why did they choose to use the word excluded? I thought the deacons were all about using the word inclusion. Ooh, inclusion. Give me some inclusion with a little bit of equity. Throw in some diversity sprinkles and you had the perfect woke cupcake. From what I understand, what the MIAA is basically saying is students are allowed to compete against the gender they choose to identify with. I mean, that's just great, right? If Tom decides to identify with the same gender as mom, he can try out for the softball team. If Greg decides to become Peg, he can become head cheerleader. However, 
There is one caveat to this rule. The adults who are making these decisions for the MIAA, they really, really thought this through. They put a lot of time and effort into making this decision. Late night brainstorming sessions where they thought of every possible scenario. The MIAA, they have determined if a potential identifier is basing their gender selection only to gain a competitive advantage, they are not allowed to compete against their preferred gender. Woohoo! Yes, yes, yes. Problem solved, right? If Tom wants to play softball, school administrators, all they got to do is ask him, are you doing this to gain a competitive advantage? Well, of course not. How could you ask me such a demeaning question? No lie detector is needed here. I mean, it's not like teenagers are prone to stretching the truth. All we got to do is take their word for it. Earlier this month, the Collegiate Charter School of Lowell, they had a basketball game against Kip Academy. The girls' basketball team from Lowell, they are prepping for the playoffs. They are getting ready to compete for a state championship. Going into the game, they had several players sitting out due to minor injuries. Now, from what I understand, all of the players from Lowell, they have two X chromosomes. Most of the players from Kip Academy share this commonality with the players from Lowell. But there was one particular player from Kip Academy who was born with a Y chromosome. As you guys know, I watch a lot of basketball. I might not understand competitive advantages in swimming or soccer, but when it comes to the sport of basketball, I can spot matchup advantages. Basketball is extremely physical. Someone born with a Y chromosome has a distinct physical advantage over someone born with two X chromosomes. Not only are they physically stronger, in most cases, they are also taller. I don't know if you guys know this, but in basketball, height is a competitive advantage. That's why you don't see someone like Darren Sproles, who was 5'6", and an elite running back in the NFL. That's why you don't see someone like Darren Sproles playing in the NBA. According to the MIAA's own standards, young men choosing to identify as women, they are not allowed to compete against their preferred gender for the sole purpose of gaining a competitive advantage. But you see, that is the loophole. They worded this perfectly. As long as the student's sole purpose for competing is not to gain a competitive advantage, everything is all good. Except for the young women from the Collegiate Charter School of Lowell, it ain't all good. Now, this video, it's blurry because they blurred out the faces of the players because they're minors, they're kids. But watch this for yourself. As you just saw, the transgender female from Kip Academy easily tossed the young woman from Lowell onto the ground. During the first half of the game, three young women from the Collegiate Charter School of Lowell were injured and couldn't return to the game. At halftime, Kip Academy was up 31 to 14. The head coach from the Collegiate Charter School of Lowell, he refused to allow his girls to compete in the second half. He claimed that his roster was depleted going into the game because of injuries and he only had five available players left because three other players were injured during the game. The coach claimed that with the playoffs looming, he was choosing to forfeit this game so his roster could get healthy. But 
let's just be real here. I think the coach decided to forfeit the game because he didn't want to put these young women at further risk. Credit should be given to this coach for having the courage to make this decision. But my thing is, he should have made this decision in the first quarter. This game should have never been allowed to happen. Something called Item Live was in attendance to cover this game. Now, I have never heard of Item Live before. Maybe they're a local media outlet in Massachusetts. I have no idea how credible they are as a news source, but I'll give you the information they provided and I'll let you decide. According to Item Live, this biological male who was allowed to compete for KIPP Academy, the kid was over six feet tall and had facial hair. Um, Have we really gotten to the point where it's no longer required to even try? Remember when they were trying to implement standards for transgender involvement in sports, puberty blockers, gender transitioning, all that? I guess at the high school level in Massachusetts, that's no longer required. A player can go out there with the Hulk Hogan Fu Manchu and compete athletically against young women. Now, a lot of people on social media, they are blaming this kid from KIPP Academy. And look, I get it. I get it. I understand the anger and frustration, but I don't blame this kid. When this happened several years ago with Leah Thomas, I blame Leah Thomas, but most of the blame went to the NCAA. I don't blame this kid from KIPP Academy. Hell, the kid just following the rules. I blame the state of Massachusetts, and I blame the parents. For starters, where in the hell are this kid's parents? Were they in the bleachers cheering as these three young women from Lowell were seriously injured? I blame the coach for allowing this kid to play. I blame the state of Massachusetts or the MIAA, whatever the fuck. I blame them for setting these extremely vague guidelines that allowed this to happen. Like I've said many times before, there seems to be a simple solution to this problem. As you guys know, I have a stepdaughter that plays flag football and soccer at the high school level. Fortunately, down here in the deep south, we don't have to deal with problems like this. But if I went to one of her flag football games and I saw a kid on the opposing team with a 5 o'clock shadow, my stepdaughter ain't playing. I don't give a shit if it's the state championship. I am not letting her risk injury because some kid couldn't make varsity, so he wants to fulfill his football dreams by competing in flag football against the girls. I can tell you with almost 100% certainty, every other parent at the school would do the same thing. Partial credit should be given to the coach from Lowell for ending the game at halftime. But like I said, the game should have never happened. Where were all the parents from Lowell? Where were the parents for the three girls who were injured? Were they at the game? Were they busy working? How in the hell did this happen? This is not the collegiate level. What happened to Riley Gaines sucked. That should have never been allowed to happen by the NCAA. But Riley Gaines was an adult. Riley Gaines can take care of herself, and she's done one hell of a job taking care of herself. Riley Gaines has built an incredible platform as a voice speaking out against issues just like this. This incident in Massachusetts, these are kids. These are teenagers. They're supposed to be worried about getting a date for the prom. Parents should be giving them lectures about not getting pregnant. They shouldn't have to be worried about their daughters getting seriously injured, going up for a rebound against Godzilla. 
I don't know. Maybe it's just not as simple in Massachusetts, but this seems simple to me. If the state won't prevent this from happening, the parents have got to step in. Give me your thoughts on this. Three young women from the Collegiate Charter School of Lowell. They are injured in a high school basketball game competing against a player with a Y chromosome. For the most part, the mainstream media is ignoring this story. Why? Why? You tell me. Sound off in the comments below. Like, subscribe, share the video. I appreciate your support. Best way to contact me is by email at btlkc84 at gmail.com. KC underscore BTL84 on Twitter. I'll see you guys later.